we are live action. Alright, here we go. Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Yastrowski, joined as always by my lovely, lovely co-host, Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm fantastic. I won again in my league. Who would have thought me just blowing my team up, trading away a bunch of pieces, would, would put me right in position to potentially make the playoffs in our league of record? Yeah, dude, I thought there was uh, literally a 0% chance of you making the playoffs this time two weeks ago. And now you are pretty much a win away from uh, from having a legitimate chance. If you win this week, you have that cakewalk matchup against uh, our good buddy Nigel next week. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, you got a pretty good schedule for the rest of the season. So uh, maybe I'll be seeing you in the playoffs. It's absolutely absurd. It's like my division just wanted me to make the playoffs because uh, somebody in my division earlier this year dropped DJ Chark, who has been absolutely dominant this year going to be one of my keepers and then uh another guy in my division dropped two players that are now on my team one being michael gallup who had one hell of a week for those freaking dallas cowboys and uh the baltimore ravens defense that is like the 1a to the patriots this year they've been absolutely dominant the past like month and a half and uh it's like they just want me to win mike it's a great feeling <laughs> yeah no doubt i'm a i'm a little mad at joey for uh slowly dismantling that perfection of a team that i drafted in but uh whatever whatever um anyway so uh we got a little bit of news um the first one that comes to mind it's not really gigantic news but the uh the miami dolphins backfield got uh, a little more easy to decipher today not in a great way mark yeah. walton was uh, officially waived from the team they, uh, the organization found out that there were police reports with Mark Walton's name in it this morning. Uh, I don't know the severity of that, but I can't so imagine I did, it's very good. I did see info on this, alleged info. Uh, he allegedly punched a female in the face multiple times, and uh, that female is also allegedly five months pregnant with his baby. Oh gosh, yeah, he's he will never be in the NFL again. And uh, if those so. reports are true, if those reports are true, I hope he isn't on the Freedom Street. Uh, Very true for quite some time. That it's, is, that there's is just no place for it, and it's it's disgusting. Uh, I do have some fun, lighthearted news about the Miami Dolphins backfield, though, involving one Kalen Balage. Uh, this was from Joe Shad, who covers the team down in Miami. He says, Miami Dolphins running back Kalen Balaj is averaging 1.9 yards on 64 carries this season. No running back in NFL history has ever averaged fewer than 2.4 yards on 100 or more carries in a full season. Oh, my gosh. You got yeah, to a... set goals for yourself. Yeah, he's he's not a good running back, so... 
us breaking this Mark Walton news is not saying by any stretch of the imagination you have to go get and start <laughs> Kalen Balage. Uh, but you never know. He might quite literally be the only running back back there. So never know what happens. So that's something to monitor moving forward. But obviously don't expect efficiency from him. Not at all. Mike, you know what happened, though, since the last time we recorded? What's that? The, uh, the absolute mauling on Thursday night football. With uh, oh the Cleveland gosh. Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett, absolute insanity. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you saw all that go down? I uh, so it's funny. I, I was visiting my girlfriend's family in Virginia, and they they don't watch football. But as soon as they went to bed, I turned my phone on and I'm watching it, and it's literally the last two minutes of the game. And you know, I'm, I'm getting ready for bed, everything like that. And suddenly my eyes are glued to my phone because I'm watching an absolute brawl happen. And I just the, – the very first thing that I noticed in real time was uh, – I guess it was Pouncey who was kicking Garrett in the yeah, head. Yeah, he absolutely uh, jumped him. Garrett, yeah, who was kicking Garrett in the head as he was on the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a little messed up. Uh, and then you see the replay <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself – Holy crap, Garrett could have killed Mason Rudolph. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people, I think, in real time forgot that Mason Rudolph had that concussion earlier in the season where his face mask got cut off, and then he woke up when they were trying to cart him off the field and the cart didn't work. Yeah, it, it was it was bizarre. And I, I just I have to say this, for everyone who's listening, for anyone who follows me or follows the show or, or anything, um... Stop defending Miles Garrett. I understand when you look at the replay, yes, I do think Mason Rudolph did start this thing. And he will uh, be he, fined. He 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 definitely will be fined and in my opinion it warrants a suspension because he was I mean, granted he did get hit a little late on that, but it wasn't a penalty at the time, and he tried ripping Garrett's helmet off, which is just a no no. But no matter what Mason Rudolph had done to that point, does not justify getting a very, very hard and actually pretty heavy helmet swung at your head. Um, you know, God forbid, if Garrett would have landed the top of the helmet instead of the bottom mm-hmm. of the helmet on Rudolph's head, dude would have been knocked out cold at the very least. He'd been done. So, you know, that was, that was very, very rough to watch. Um, and looking back at it now, I don't condone that Pouncey was kicking Garrett in the head. I think that was a bit much. But for the team to jump Miles Garrett like that, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to it. at that point. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, everything that happened, it, it made sense. And Marquise Pouncey's a guy I'd probably want to play with if he's going to defend me like that if something happened. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think all the punishments that happened were warranted. Um, Mason Rudolph, it was confirmed he will be fined for, uh, you know, trying to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet. And, uh you know, we'll move on, and hopefully Miles Garrett learns from this. He'll be suspended indefinitely, which hurts that Browns defense. And uh, also, good on the Browns players that were interviewed after the game, especially Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. They both uh, said, you know, there's no place for this in the league and shouldn't be happening. And uh, good for them for not, you know, trying to stick up for what Miles Garrett did and, and recognize that, you know, it was flat out wrong. Yeah, and even even Baker Mayfield came out and he was like, "There's no place for that." So it was uh, it was definitely refreshing to see the Cleveland Browns kind of uh, own up to it. And the worst part is the Steelers lost that game. So Mason Rudolph took a helmet to the head 
and took an L to the Cleveland Browns. They definitely deserved the L, though. Very true. <laughs> it was, it was, it was very an ugly bad. game. Uh, some injury news. Last night's game, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. Tyreek Hill left the game. Uh, believe it, he strained his hamstring. Uh, that's what um, Andy Reid had said. So we'll have to monitor his status moving forward. Hopefully it's something that he can come back from sooner rather than later. But those soft tissue injuries are never good, especially right before the fantasy playoffs. That and he's is had a killer. And he's had a bunch of them too, so this is a reoccurring thing for him. Yeah. You also had Damian Williams leave. Uh, LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams then took over for the rest of the game. Both of those guys had a rushing touchdown later on in the game, um, which it's funny. I, nobody that I have seen on Twitter is – even mentioning this because everyone's like, oh, you got to go pick up LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy left the game and was being examined for a concussion. I don't think that he, I, I don't necessarily think he's in the protocol anymore, but it's definitely something to monitor moving forward. Um, I Chiefs, personally would prefer. Chiefs, Chiefs have a bye week this week, too, so you're not even going to use LaShawn McCoy in week 12. Yeah, so if you want to go out and you want to pick one of them up, Many people are saying go with McCoy. I'm going to say go with Daryl Williams. I like him a little bit more, especially with PPR. Uh, but then again, we also don't know what's going on with Damian Williams. He could be back on the field in two weeks. So, um, you know, if you have that number one overall waiver priority, probably wouldn't spend it on a Kansas City Chief running back. Yeah, not at all. And uh, some other injury news regarding uh, my Philadelphia Eagles, Mikey, is Jordan Howard missed this past week uh, with a shoulder stinger. The only team that could uh, have a bye week and come out more injured would be my Eagles. Uh, so they went out and they signed Jay Ajayi. He's back. He's wearing his third number with the team now. Uh, and if Jordan Howard misses any extensive you know, period of time with that shoulder injury, especially since he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, uh, he wants to be as healthy as possible and not you know, make the injury worse. Uh, Jay Ajayi could be kind of that de facto you know, backup in a, a running back committee with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I, I definitely like Miles Sanders moving forward. Uh, I do feel bad for Jordan Howard because he was doing pretty well with Philly, and I, I, I did think they were possibly going to give him a chance to come back next year, but I don't know how well those chances are going to hold up. I think they'll be good, uh, and I think this was kind of just a one-week precautionary type thing where uh, you know the doctors probably told him you could re-injure this and be out for six weeks, or you could sit out this week and be fully healthy. Uh, so I think Jordan Howard's going to potentially miss this week against Seattle, but uh, should be good for week 13 and for the fantasy playoffs. For sure. And uh, some other injury news we will talk about. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, not only is T.Y. Hilton still not practicing and is uh, very questionable for the Thursday night matchup this week, Marlon Mack uh, actually underwent surgery because he broke his hand. So. Yeah. They are refusing to rule Marlon Mack out for a long period of time, but uh, I'm no doctor, but a running back not being able to use his hand, especially his hand that he carries the ball with, I can't imagine he comes back anytime soon. Uh, so definitely, definitely be on the lookout for his replacement. Uh, Jordan Wilkins is back in practice now, so it is yet to be seen if it's going to be him or if it's going to be Will uh, Jonathan Williams who looked great filling in for Mac this past week. So uh, hard to decipher kind of committee back there right now. Yeah, it's unfortunate for Marlon Mack because he's had a fantastic season. And uh, like you said, 
a hand injury for a running back is uh, pretty brutal. But hopefully it's nothing like too serious and we see Marlon Mack again this season. Yeah, for sure. And then one final piece that I want to go over before we talk about this week's uh, Stars of the Week is uh, we mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers from Thursday night. We talked about Mason Rudolph having a uh, concussion a few weeks ago. I don't think we really mentioned that Juju Smith-Schuster left with a concussion Thursday night, and uh, he's still in the protocol today, so his status for the uh, for Week 12 is definitely up in the air. Yeah, it's a bummer for Juju, and James Conner also left the game again uh, with you know just a, a re-aggravation of his injuries, so uh, Steelers do not look uh, prime on offense as we head into Week 12. No, they're going to need their defense to do a hell of a lot better than they performed against Cleveland if they want to get anything done. And uh, just a side note, since they don't have anyone healthy right now, if Jalen Samuel is available on your waiver wire, uh, some people might have dropped him after his off week, or some people might have just dropped him when James Conner was uh, you know, back in the lineup. He is definitely going to be a great add moving forward because it's about the only guy Mason Rudolph's going to throw to at this point. Yeah, and that's if Mason Rudolph can uh, hold on to the job for the rest of the season, too. Which I doubt it. Yeah, he's he's not a good quarterback. No, but you know who is a good quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Oh, my gosh, dude. MVP uh, Lamar Jackson? I guess. He's my MVP. Yeah, yeah no, he is. Uh, my bias aside, he's probably my MVP, too. I mean, dude is just an absolute stud. He put up 33.5 fantasy points this week, four passing touchdowns, uh, 86 rushing yards, over 200 passing yards. Uh, the numbers are very similar to his previous week. In the past two weeks, he has combined for 67 fantasy points, which is absurd and awesome. And Lamar Jackson is probably the fantasy steal of the year. He's just good, and if you watched our live stream, you know during our draft, we said Lamar Jackson was going to be an absolute steal. And uh, if you listen to the off-season shows, we were you know tooting Lamar Jackson's horn, and he's he's coming through for everybody right now, and he looks fantastic. Uh, if I had to give my MVPs, I'd go Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, and Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think they're all pretty up there. Nobody talks about Michael Thomas, but he's been having a very, very successful season. Um, but speaking of quarterbacks that we were telling you to pick back in August, I want to bring up Josh Allen, who is the only quarterback this week to be uh, to have more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson. He looked great. I mean, granted, he had a game against Miami, but he was he was awesome. He put up over 33 fantasy points. He had a rushing touchdown, three passing touchdowns, over 50 yards on the ground. Um, I will say that his schedule coming up is a bit more difficult. Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England. Would I start him comfortably for these next five weeks? Absolutely not. But if you were like me and you started him against Miami, you're pretty happy. Yeah, I was bummed I didn't start him in my one league because I have Josh Allen and I have Drew Brees, and I predicted a Drew Brees bounce-back game, which Drew Brees did have a bounce-back game, but Josh Allen uh, popped off against the Dolphins and – this arguably might be his best statistical game of his career. So uh, hat tip to Mr. Allen there. And the Buffalo Bills are 7-3 and three and not in the playoff hunt. They are a wild card team right now. He looked great. He really did. And then there's one more quarterback that I want to bring up just because uh, 
one, he played well, and two, I really like his schedule to finish out the season. And that's Derek Carr from the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, uh, my hot take right now is the Raiders are going to win the AFC West. That is a scorcher, and I'm all here for it because he has been playing great. That team has been playing great. They have the full game going. Their young guys on defense are performing absolutely lights out. And uh, with the exception of the game against the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 13, their matchups include the Jets, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Chargers who can't seem to win a single game. I mean, Oakland has really set themselves up in a, in, a, in a pretty good situation. Kansas City's the only team, I believe, that is over 500 that the Raiders will play the rest of the season as of right now. So they are in prime position to uh, potentially win that AFC West in their final season in Oakland. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am rooting for him to uh, to do well and low-key rooting for for Oakland, just especially after the whole Antonio Brown thing this offseason. If they make, if they go in and they make the playoffs uh, after Antonio Brown did what he did, uh, I would just be so happy for this franchise. Grudog is, is doing the damn thing. Two other quarterbacks, just to highlight real quick, that had fantastic weeks. Jimmy Garoppolo did it again, and uh, Dak Prescott, unfortunately, uh, put up 444 passing yards against the Detroit Lions. Jeez, ooh. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty big game. Uh, and funny enough, he threw a passing touchdown to both of the running backs on that team. And uh, both of the running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, were both RB1s on the week. Uh, Tony Pollard only had 17.5 points, but he was still a, a back-end RB1, so that's pretty cool to see. Don't go chasing points with Tony Pollard, but if you are the Ezekiel Elliott owner, uh, you definitely, definitely need to have him as a handcuff going into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, some other interesting running backs that uh, popped off this week. Gus Edwards, the Gus bus, was back in action. 17.2 fantasy PPR points, 112 yards on the ground, and a touchdown in the Ravens' absolute molly whopping of the Houston Texans. And Tariq Cohen, in a loss, Actually had a quality game, 18.4 fantasy points, uh, nine rushing attempts for 39 yards, but he was targeted six times, had five catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Good to see Tariq Cohen finally uh, coming through with some fantasy points after, you know, Jordan Howard leaving. Everybody was like, oh, you got to jump on Tariq Cohen. He just really hasn't gotten it done because Mitch Trubisky stinks. Uh, But good to see him uh, get the fantasy points that he deserves. Yeah, there's the Tariq Cohen that we all miss. He uh, he actually has a fantastic schedule to finish out the season. The Giants, the Lions, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Chiefs. I think Tariq Cohen could be a pretty safe bet to get you, I, I would say, 12 to 13 fantasy points each week from here on out with that schedule, especially with the uptick in usage. So I think Tariq Cohen is a very, very serviceable flex option moving forward. And I think it could be even higher in terms of fantasy points if Chase Daniel is playing quarterback. No doubt, because Mitch Trubisky is garbage. I want to bring up two more running backs really quick. Uh, You brought up Gus Edwards. I'm going to bring up the other guy that's back there, Mark Ingram. Your boy! You know what, man? After I watched... So I I still stick by it that Mark Ingram (laughs) isn't that great. I mean, 13 rushing attempts, 48 rushing yards. He did find the end zone twice through the air, but Lamar Jackson is a god, so whatever. But I will say... I don't hate Mark Ingram as much as I used to 
because I thought it was really funny and really cool how he introduced Lamar Jackson. That was the conference. best thing of the week. That was yeah, incredible. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was neat. Mark Ingram has earned brownie points in my eyes, and he is no longer my least favorite running back in the league. Um, so You'd love good for to him see making it. it off of my shit list. And <laughs> you know who has never been and never will be on my shit list? That is my boy, Christian McCaffrey, the number one fantasy scoring running back of the year, of the week, the number one overall fantasy player of the entire year. Um, believe it or not, he put up over 30 points in PPR, and his team, the frickin' Panthers, didn't put up <laughs> A single touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons. Christian McCaffrey put up 191 yards uh, from scrimmage and added 11 receptions. So uh, if you weren't a believer before, you better be now. He is far from touchdown dependent, and he is just just so incredible at the game of football. Yeah, he balled out. And Mikey, I have a running back question for you here because this is a guy you and I both liked coming into the season and he's had a very lackluster season. Finally scored his first touchdown of the year this past week. He's had three straight weeks of over 17 fantasy points. Is it time to declare that Joe Mixon is back? I do. I do think Joe Mixon is back. He, You're right. He's three weeks in a row of 17-plus fantasy points. He's been very good. Uh, it finally looks like this offense actually wants to use him, and uh, especially with Andy Dalton not back there anymore, Joe Mixon has to take on a lot more responsibility, and he's been he's been taking it on full on, and uh, I'm I'm really happy that he's back. I really am. He really only has one down down matchup the rest of the way. Listen to Joe Mixon in the Bengals' schedule moving forward this coming week. They take on the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we saw. You know, uh, a down performance from them against the Browns. Don't know if that's the Thursday night football vibes or what, but division game, anything can happen. Then, month of December, the New York Jets, they go to Cleveland. Then they host the New England Patriots, which is the one down matchup in my eyes. Week 16 championship games, the Bengals are at Miami. And then if you somehow play a week 17 championship, fix your league, but... They play the Cleveland Browns in Cincinnati. Yeah, if you have Joe Mixon, he might break your heart in the semifinals against the New England Patriots. But if you make it through the semifinals and you get to start Joe Mixon in your championship game, there's a very good possibility he could be the highest scoring running back, aside from Christian McCaffrey, of the week in Week 16. So I do think Joe Mixon is back. I love him moving forward. And uh, with the exception of that matchup against New England, I'm firing him up with extreme confidence from here on out. Joe Mixon, in my eyes, is an elite RB1 the rest of the season. Oh, elite. Throwing that word out there. I don't do that lightly. Do the thing, Joe Mixon. Do the thing. Uh, Speaking of elite players, Michael Thomas, we brought him up not too long ago about being a potential MVP candidate. He balled out. What a surprise uh, this past week. He had eight catches, 114 yards, and a score. He's got a uh, very, 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 very favorable matchup against Carolina this week. And then he sees Atlanta again in week 13, who he just 
completely shredded for over 150 yards. So these next two weeks, right before the fantasy playoff starts, Michael Thomas, not that you need me to tell you to do so, but you're plugging him in, and he's probably going to be a top three wide receiver both of these next two weeks. Mikey, Michael Thomas has more receptions by himself than two NFL teams this year, those two teams being the Philadelphia Eagles, who have 93 as a team, and the Baltimore Ravens, who are in the mid-70s. Jeez, man. Michael Thomas is also on pace to break uh, an all-time record in single-season receptions held by Indianapolis Colts great Marvin Harrison, who had 143 catches in 2002. Michael Thomas's pace right now has him poised for just under 151 catches this year. Wow. That's incredible. He's going to shatter it. He has 94 catches through 11 weeks. Unbelievable. Yeah, and he, he has always been a very high-volume, highly reliable player. And for as long as Drew Brees is, is putting on the gold on Sundays, Michael Thomas is going to be balling out. And you know what makes me feel even worse, Mikey? What's that? Michael Thomas and I are the same age. We are both 26, and I feel terrible about my life right now. Well, that's all right. I think about the same way as Christian McCaffrey, and then I realize, eh, I'm his number one fan. I'm just happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In other receiver news, we'll stay in the NFC South. Uh, Your boy, Calvin Ridley, finally goes off. Uh, Big game against Carolina, receiving touchdown. Perfect, 8 for 8 on his receptions and targets. And uh, 143 yards, definitely nothing to be upset about. So if you were a Calvin Ridley faithful, you were definitely rewarded in Week 11. He balled out. It's about time. This is what everybody was drafting Calvin Ridley for. You know, he was the wide receiver two in the offense, rightfully so, behind Julio. But a lot of people expected wide receiver one numbers from him. And sure, the Falcons have not been what a lot of people thought they would be this year. But this is the type of, you know, performance we expect from Calvin Ridley at least, you know, multiple times a season. Here's time number one. Unfortunately, it came against your Carolina Panthers. But uh, he balled out and uh, good for fantasy owners. He was on my bench. But that's because I benched him in my flex position for Cortland Sutton, Mikey, who didn't have the most fantasy points this week, but he literally did everything. You never see a wide receiver finish with anything other than .0 at the end of their fantasy points. Cortland Sutton had 18.82 fantasy points because he threw a pass, he ran the ball a couple times, and he also had five catches for 113 yards. Yeah, he played awesome, uh, and you were you were right. You know, you said he was going to run rampant over Minnesota, and that is exactly what he did. He bullied Xavier Rose. That road is wide open. It's under construction. It's it's like Route 42 for you people in Philadelphia listening. They've been doing construction for a decade. That's what Xavier Rhodes is now. They're gonna be doing construction <laughs> for a decade in that Minnesota secondary. <laughs> you know who earned a lot of respect for themselves in the uh, the fantasy community this week. Wide receiver, John Brown. Stud. He went off this week. Two receiving touchdowns, 137 yards, nine receptions. Now, that's all good and good and well. But listen to this. Did you know John Brown has only, held, has only been held to single-digit fantasy points once this entire season? It was nine and a half points back in week three. Since then, he's put up uh, scores of 12, 12 and a half, 19, 10, 11 and a half, 12 and a half, 
and then this week 34. What I'm trying to say is this guy is as safe as they come uh, in terms of a wide receiver slash flex play, and he clearly has uh, all the weapons in the arsenal to be a potential boom candidate any given week. So John Brown moving forward. If you have him and you have a third wide receiver spot that you could put him in, you better keep him fixed right in there. John Brown is a legit wide receiver one in real life. Like, he is legit. And ironically enough, that single-digit fantasy game came against uh, a team with zero wins, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, But he has been everything and more that the Buffalo Bills could have hoped for. And Josh Allen has a lot of confidence in him. And he's clearly the number one receiver in that offense. And he's just going to continue to dominate this year. 85 targets, 56 receptions. It's a great percentage right there. He's going to have a 1,000-yard season. And uh, he's going to finish, you know, probably around like six to eight touchdowns this year, which is huge for John Brown. So he's been an absolute fantasy steal this year. Yeah, he's been awesome. And Josh Allen really loves him. So definitely, definitely keep him going. And I want to talk about one more receiver before we move on here, and uh, it's DJ Moore. I I know I can sound like a homer whenever I bring up Carolina, but uh, I promise you, this guy has been targeted 36 times in the last three weeks. He has had over – so this week he only had 95 receiving yards. I say only because the week before he had 120, and the week before that he had 101. Um, Now, he hasn't found the end zone – in, in a while. He hasn't seen the end zone, I don't think, all season. Uh, no, he. the last time he saw the end zone was week three against the Arizona Cardinals. But my point is, DJ Moore is being hyper-targeted in this offense that is unfortunately being ran by Kyle Allen. Um, he has looked absolutely incredible, and he's got a pretty good schedule coming up. Um, week 12, he's got New Orleans. He might be blanketed by Marshawn Lattimore. But DJ Moore has been has been known to, to be okay in, in big matchups, so we'll see how that one goes. But then he gets Washington, Atlanta again, Seattle, and Indianapolis. So DJ Moore uh, finishing out the season, I think he is a legitimate wide receiver too. Yeah, he's been he's been solid, and he's been the kind of favorite wide receiver target, I'd say, uh, of big one time. Kyle Allen. So he's definitely a safe play because Kyle Allen has a uh, you know chemistry with him. And uh, we'll see how that progresses moving forward. Now, I want to move to tight ends before we get into our stinkers of the week. But I I need to bring this up. Would you believe me if I told you the top 15 tight ends this week all actually had double-digit fantasy points? I would also ask if pigs have started to fly. But you are right. Pigs have not started to fly, but the tight ends sure have because they all had a, a freaking clinic in, in Week 11. I mean, they, they all played absolutely incredible. Darren Waller had 12.5 points, which is usually good enough to be like a mid-tier tight end one, and he was he was the number 11 tight end on the week. So, you know, Alice Goddard and Zach Ertz from Philly had massive days. Travis Kelsey did what Travis Kelsey does best, and – uh one Ross Dwelly from San Francisco Dwelly. filled in for George Kittle and had four catches, only 14 yards, but did find the end zone twice. So for those of you who uh, had a desperation play with George Kittle out and you actually picked up Ross Dwelly because of the plus matchup, you were definitely rewarded. So tight ends did not disappoint 
anywhere in week 11. Yeah, here are the names of those tight ends with double-digit fantasy points. Like Mikey said, Travis Kelsey, Ryan Griffin does it again for the New York Jets with 21.9 fantasy points. Zach Ertz, Kyle Rudolph again, balled out 17.7 fantasy points. Hopefully you guys listened to me. Uh, Mark Andrews has been the fantasy tight end steal of the year. We were pounding the table for him all season, all preseason, all draft season. Hopefully you listened to us there. The aforementioned Ross Dwelly, Cameron Brait, 17.30 fantasy points in a loss to New Orleans. Hunter Henry last night continued to just be Hunter Henry. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, Jared Cook finding his way into double-digit points. Dawson Knox, Irv Smith Jr., Greg Olson, and then just under that tier, we had three tight ends with at least nine points. That was Jeremy Sprinkle, who has one of the funniest NFL names ever with 9.6 points. <laughs> Noah Font, 9.3 points. And Daniel Brown, the tight end two for the New York Jets, with a solid flat nine points. Yeah, it was a big, big, big week for the tight ends. And uh, it was it was very refreshing, to be completely honest. You don't see that all too very often. Big facts. It was it was awesome, and this is what every fantasy owner hopes and prays for from their tight end each and every week if they don't have one of the top five elite tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so before we move on, wouldn't be a show, wouldn't feel right if we didn't talk about our good pals over there at TrophySmack.com. I love that I'm in the conversation to potentially be getting a trophy from our boys at TrophySmack.com. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. But first, you'll have to win this week. But if you do win this week, maybe you can go over to TrophySmack.com and you can take a look for us. Maybe you can help us order that new shiny trophy or even get us a championship ring. Or you can make us look completely badass with an absolutely sweet championship belt. If you belt order would look nice in the studio, I'll tell you that. Oh, it would look incredible. And if you order a belt or a trophy, you put in the code GOALINE, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E at checkout, and they're going to give you a $59-valued uh, 59 ring for free. Absolutely free with the purchase if you use that code GOALINE, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E. And on top of that, they will – give you your first engraving on that trophy for absolutely nothing. They'll also ship it to you free of charge. That's three things for free. Three free, that's for me. Free, free, free. Get on over there, order a trophy for you, and a trophy for me. You love to see it. Free is for me. I say it every single week. Trophysmack.com is the best in the business. Our friends over there do a great job. Playoffs are right around the corner. We're heading into week 12. Playoffs start in about a couple weeks. You're going to have a good idea about who you're going to be uh, getting that free engraving for. So plan ahead. Go to trophysmack.com. Use that promo code GOALINE and get that trophy, guys. Do the damn now, thing. Now, Kyle, I hate to do this to you, but that kind of uh, kind of makes me want to segue into people that were not going to be winning you your fantasy trophy. And I, I hate to bring this up. I'm sure it's a sore subject, but uh, Mr. Carson Wentz has disappointed for the fourth week in a row. Um, I'll let you do all the talking here. Yeah, he had a bad game. It's okay, Eagles fans and Carson Wentz owners, to admit that Carson Wentz had a bad game against the New England Patriots. Uh, Carson does not have 
an ample receiving core like we thought he would this year. Um, it's crazy that Deshaun Jackson leaving in week one with injury has derailed this entire Eagles offense. Um, but Carson Wentz just has not been good this year overall. You know, you put all the games together, he's had bright spots, but he just hasn't been able to put it all together. It's not on him. You know, he's been a, a quality real life quarterback fantasy wise, not so much. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I think a big part of this is him not having a good receiving core, but he also did not perform this past Sunday against New England. I have to ask you, though, moving forward, what are we doing with him as fantasy owners? I mean, he's got Seattle, Miami, the Giants, Washington, and Dallas coming up. Granted, he did absolutely nothing against Dallas uh, back in Week 7, but those other matchups are, are pretty juicy. you got to think there's got to be at least one or two get-right games in there, don't you? Yeah, and uh, you know, you look like you said, you look at Carson and the Eagles' schedule moving forward. Seattle, they have a backdoor defense. What's a backdoor defense, you ask? Well, that's a team that you can score points late on. Seattle tends to give up points late in games. You can throw it a little bit on them uh, to the tight ends, and that's a strength for the Eagles right now, so that is a big positive. And then going down the stretch, you have the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, Washington, and then championship weekend in normal leagues is the Dallas Cowboys, and then Week 17, they are at the New York Giants. So that December schedule is like salivating, and hopefully Carson can take advantage of that, uh, and we'll see what he does against Seattle. Deshaun Watson is another guy I have to bring up. Uh, he is an absolute stud. We know this. He was an MVP candidate up until this past weekend, and he has been performing absolutely insanely for fantasy football. But uh, he put up less than seven fantasy points against Baltimore this week. Baltimore played him perfectly. I don't know if that's because Deshaun is a mobile quarterback, so they kind of have an advantage in practice, knowing that Lamar Jackson is right there for them to use to scout. Um, but Baltimore's defense did a fantastic job shutting down Deshaun Watson. Um, his schedule is a little tough down the stretch. But if you do get to your championship game, his championship matchup is juicy because it is at Tampa Bay in some warm weather against the worst passing defense in the NFL. So he's got the Colts on Thursday night football this week, and then uh, they host New England and they host Denver. So three straight home games, too, for Deshaun Watson should be a little bit of a bonus as well. We'll see how he uh, attacks these next three games, but I, I have all the faith in Deshaun Watson to bounce back from this stinker. Yeah, I'm not too worried at all, especially with those playoff games uh, coming against Denver, Tennessee, and Tampa Bay. I think he should be perfectly fine against them. So I am not going to be too worried about him at all moving forward. Well said. Uh, you know who has been not good at all this year? Um, he's had a couple bright spots, but he has been a massive disappointment. I don't know if it's a reflection on Phillip Rivers or just that entire team. But Mike Williams was a prime breakout candidate coming into this year. He finished last year on a, a, an absolutely incredible note, and he has done absolutely nothing so far this year. Only had nine and a half fantasy points on only two catches against this, the Kansas City Chiefs this past week. Uh, back in week 10, he also only had two catches. And uh, back in week nine, he only had three catches. So Mike Williams, is he, is he a guy – that I'm not even going to ask you if you're going to start him moving forward. Uh, is he a drop candidate for you? 
I don't think you drop him just because he has that, you know, combustibility factor where he can go off. You know, you saw last night towards the end of the game, Phillip Rivers absolutely threw a dime to him for 50 yards, and that's where a bulk of his yards came from. Uh, still very curious as to how the ref stopped the clock because he didn't go out of bounds, but it didn't matter. But I, I think it's a product of Phillip Rivers more than anything. Phillip Rivers, unfortunately, it's the end of the line for him in my book. You know, I don't think... He, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to a starting quarterback next year if he comes back. I could see Phillip Rivers retiring, and then we see what happens with this Chargers team. But I think Mike Williams' lack of production this year has been solely on the fact that Phillip Rivers has hit a brick wall. Yeah, I would agree with that. I unfortunately would put him in as a drop candidate if in redraft leagues just because Seriously, are you going to put your eggs in the Mike Williams basket during your fantasy football playoffs? I mean, we're only two weeks out of that. Yeah, it's 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 a tough, tough situation to kind of come to grasp to. And it's also a matter of, you know, who's available for you on your waiver wire. Um, you know, looking at our waiver wire and our league of record, there's a couple guys here that I would gladly take over Mike Williams. Randall Cobb is available. Uh, I would pick up Miko Hardman, even though he's on a bye, especially with Tyreek Hill being, uh, you know, sideline right now. Chris Conley's another guy who has looked really good with the Jaguars. And now that Nick Foles is back, could, uh, you know, see some deep ball action. And then, uh, you know, Philip Dorsett as well, available. And Deontay Johnson, another guy with Juju Smith-Schuster being questionable, could step up into a big role. So there is room for uh, upgrading over uh, Mike Williams. Yeah, I think so too. And I, and I'm not saying just go out and drop him to drop him, but if you need that room, you, you could definitely do better than Mike Williams. I want to ask you uh, if you could only roster one of these guys for the rest of the season, would you pick Mike Williams or Tyler Boyd? Oh man, our boy. Because our Boyd, our boy Boyd, has uh, he started off the season pretty well, but he has been a monster disappointment as of late. I mean, he only had two fantasy points this past week, but he also has the ability to kind of go off like Mike Williams, not in the same way. He needs to see a little bit more volume, but he has a good receiver. So who would you rather have for the remainder of the season? I mean, I I love Tyler Boyd's schedule the rest of the way. Same as Joe Mixon's that we mentioned earlier. So there is, you know, a lot to be had in those matchups. So I think with that alone, I'm going to rock with Tyler Boyd. It's hard to believe that he only has one touchdown this season. Yeah, it's it's a shame because he's such a talented player. But um, I would go the other way. I think I would choose Mike Williams just because I don't think Tyler Boyd is going to see the volume that he needs. And I would I if, if you told me that Mike Williams and Tyler Boyd were both only going to catch three catches a game, I'd rather have Mike Williams at three catches a game than Tyler Boyd. That's fair. I mean, either way, you kind of look at it. I don't think you want to be relying on either of them uh, in your starting lineup for your fantasy playoffs. No, I don't think so either. One more receiver i got to ask you if you'd be willing to start in any games coming up is Mohamed Sanu, uh, new receiver for the New England Patriots. So right before the bye week, he had a great game with them, uh, 81 yards, a receiving touchdown, and as soon as the bye is over, he only catches two balls for four yards. Uh, it was a bit of a weird matchup against Philly, but uh, do you think Mohamed Sanu 
kind of establishes himself in this offense, or do you think that 24-point game was uh, kind of an outlier? It's weird that he put up 24 points against the Baltimore Ravens, uh, but you look at Mohamed Sanu and the Patriots' schedule the rest of the way. They get Dallas this week, then they're at Houston, then uh, they're home against the Chiefs, then they're at Cincinnati, and then playoff championships, uh, whichever way you play, is either Buffalo or Miami. So Sanu's schedule is very tantalizing, um, especially if he's going to be the wide receiver two in this offense. I I would out of the the other two guys that we mentioned, I think I'd rather have Muhammad Sanu over both of them. Yeah, I think I would too, and a big part of that is the schedule. Um, if you are if you are like us and you play your your league on the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Uh, if you look at his schedule, it shows up pretty much all in red. Dallas, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo. It says they're all red matchups, but those are not bad matchups for Muhammad Sanu. I can assure you that. So I, I think I would go with Sanu as well. For sure. It, it just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks like he's going to be, I don't want to say a favorite of Tom Brady, but he looks like he's going to be very reliable for that offense. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think he's going to be very solid uh, down the stretch. Um, now, with Mitch Trubisky coming out, what are we doing with uh, with David Montgomery? Do we think that he's going to see an uptick, or do you think it's officially back to being uh, Tariq Cohen being leaned on heavily? I mean, listen to listen to David Montgomery's schedule coming up. He gets the Giants, the Lions, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay, and Kansas City to finish out. Um, his last five games of the season, all of which are fairly easy games for running backs. Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, Trubisky stinks. I've told you guys that time and time again. And uh, he got a phantom injury in their game against the Rams. Uh, So we'll see who the quarterback is moving forward. But it's going to be an interesting dynamic with how that Bears offense kind of operates. I feel like I can never talk about Mitch Trubisky without thinking of my dad throwing an absolute temper tantrum when they picked him. <laughs> to this day, you can't bring up Mitch Trubisky's name without him saying, they should have went for Deshaun Watson instead. They could have had Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. Or literally anyone else that isn't Mitch Trubisky. The worst part is they traded up for him. They traded up a lot for him. I was at that draft because it was in Philly. And when that happened, everybody just erupted into a, a giant, huh? Because nobody knew who Mitch Trubisky was. No. And to pick him at, what was it, number two overall? Number two, when the Bears picked at number three, and the 49ers were not going to take Mitch Trubisky, it was absolutely astonishing. Yeah, that was that was a dumb move. Uh, speaking of dumb moves, we all went after Brian Hill this week because Devonta Freeman was out. And we all paid the price. Brian Hill... 15 rushing attempts, only 30 yards, one catch for eight yards against that abysmal Carolina Panthers, uh, whatever you want to call them right now. Um, do you do you like him moving forward? I mean, nah. his I, I don't think I do either. I think that New Orleans game where he came in and got 14 points is, I mean, just a fluke. When, it was when a you, legit look, when adrenaline you, rush for him. Well, and it's it's not even that. It was just volume. He had 61 rushing yards, but it took him 20 attempts. I mean, you take away his, his reception touchdown, and suddenly he didn't look like anything at all against New Orleans. So he's not a good running back. He doesn't have a great schedule coming up. I mean, he plays Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and San Francisco in three of the next four weeks. So Brian Hard Hill, pass. if you 
if you used your top waiver priority on him last week, I'm sorry, but uh, you could probably already do better than him on your uh, on your waiver wire. You're an absolute dingus if you did that. Yeah, it's 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 so frustrating. It really is. Um, and then I don't really think there were any big name tight ends that disappointed. I mean, Gerald Everett going off for only three points that was kind of disappointing. I know a lot of people have been using him recently. Uh, Eric Ebron didn't have too much attention in week 11. He had four catches for 27 yards, which isn't very spectacular, but we haven't really been expecting too much from him lately. Uh, you know, like we said earlier, the the whole position at, at tight end kind of completely went off this week. So if you started, I think if you started anyone besides Gerald Everett, you're not disappointed with what your tight ends got you. Yeah, week 12, or uh, week 11, I should say, was the week of the tight end. So we should rejoice, be glad, be merry, and celebrate how well the tight end position did this week rather than reflect on those few stinkers. I got to ask you one thing. So Gerald Everett is a guy that you and I both like. We think that he is he's good. We thought that he was really establishing himself on this Rams offense. His schedule coming up, he's got Baltimore in Week 12, which sucks, but then he gets Arizona, Seattle, and Dallas, all of which are top 10 for fantasy points um, against the tight end. Would you rather have Gerald Everett moving forward, or would you rather have Kyle Rudolph moving, moving forward? Oh, man. Knowing knowing that – so this week, Kyle Rudolph does have a bye. I do have to disclose that. But he has five targets in each game for the last three weeks, and in each of those games, he has at least one touchdown. Give me Kyle Rudolph for 200, Alex. You know, I think I would take Rudolph too because even though you don't get him for week 12, you still get three top 10 matchups in week 13, 14, and 16 against the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Packers. And then in week 15 in that semifinal, cha- in that, uh, semifinal playoff game, you get the Chargers, who really haven't been anything spectacular. So if Kyle Rudolph is going to be a uh, somewhat safe bet for a touchdown at the tight end position, you can count me right on it. Yeah, I'm all in on Kyle Rudolph for the rest of the season. Yeah, so now we will move on to our starts and our sits of the week uh, for each individual game. Uh, As we mentioned, some teams that are on the bye, you have the Minnesota Vikings out week 12. You have the Cardinals, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. Uh, Everyone rejoice, though, because this is the last time that you will be without any of your players on your roster for the season as this is the last week where buys are taking place. Thank the Lord. And I don't know if it's just me, Mikey, but whenever I hear Minnesota Vikings now, I can't help but think of that freaking song where uh, I believe it's Lizzo, Truth Hurts, and uh, she she kind of wavers the Minnesota Vikings. Like, <laughs> I just I just can't help it, man. It's in my head all the time now. It's, it's ruined the Vikings that much more for me. <laughs> I really, I really wish you didn't say that because I'm not going to be able to stop laughing for the rest of the night. Oh my gosh. You know what's crazy? I just like subconsciously block that part of the song out. Like it has nothing to do with the song. I'm pretty sure she just says it. Yeah. She was dating some dude on the Vikings. Nobody knows who it is. And now it's just stuck in my head. Every time I hear the Vikings name. 
That is too great. I'm so glad you said that. Oh my if, god. If Lizzo wants us, if Lizzo will allow us to use that part of the song anytime we talk about the Vikings as a little drop, please, we would love to. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we'll get into our uh, our Thursday night game of the week. It's the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Houston Texans. I will say this is probably going to be a get-right game for the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson ain't going to have another four fantasy points, and DeAndre Hopkins always manages to tear apart the Indianapolis Colts. Aside from those two who are the obvious starters, who else do you like in this game? Because you got to remember Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton probably aren't playing. Uh, Eric Ebron has an injury now. Will Fuller still probably going to be out at least one more week. Obviously, I love my boy Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a high-quality game against a bad Texans defense. Um, other than that, there's not much. Yeah, I'll be um, I'll be personally starting Jacoby Brissett in this one, I think. I have either him against Houston or Josh Allen against Denver. And uh, though I don't think Denver is particularly great, I kind of like Jacoby Brissett in this one. But I'm also going to monitor who he has playing for him and who he doesn't. If T.Y. Hilton is officially ruled out, might sway me away a little bit. But fingers crossed that T.Y. is back in the lineup on this one. But Very true. A situation, a situation to monitor if you are a T.Y. Hilton owner. Broncos and Bills, though, Mike, you just talked about it. Uh, I like this game a lot. It's in Buffalo. You're obviously playing Cortland Sutton because he is a god amongst men. But... Other than Cortland, is there anybody from this Broncos team that you'd want to play against this Bills defense? No, not at all. I'll argue out of, uh, you know, with the final week of buys, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Rudolph being on the bye, Hunter Henry as well. I kind of like Noah Font. I will say if I had to choose a tight end from this game, I would choose Noah Font over Dawson Knox. Me too. So if you are desperate and somehow you have Travis Kelsey as your starter and Hunter Henry as your backup, okay, I can see it. Bills-wise, John Brown? Uh, definitely John Brown. I am tempering expectations on Devin Singletary. He is he's incredibly efficient and incredibly effective when they give him the ball. They're just not giving him the ball enough i mean this dude has chunk play after chunk play after chunk play and though i'm not happy about it i'm probably gonna flex him in uh in a couple of my leagues because i do think that this is a game where josh allen isn't going to find the easiest time through the air um with that denver defense being what they are so i think devin singletary could be a beneficiary of some QB struggles, and I think he'll be. Uh, I think he'll warrant a flex start. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. This game is a little weird, but I like a little weird. So uh, let's move on to a disgusting game up next: the Giants oh. at the Bears. I know this isn't even a little weird. It's just a little. Please don't make me watch it. This game stinks. Yeah, it really does. Um, I not. I'll start Evan Ingram if he's healthy. Uh, I'll start Saquon Barkley obviously if he's healthy. Um, I kind of want to start Darius Slayton this week because, I mean, he's been tearing it up with Daniel Jones. So I think if you're desperate at the wide receiver position, I think you could fire Darius Slayton up. Yeah, I agree. I, I like him in this matchup. I think he can uh, find some separation against that Bears secondary a little bit. And uh, 
make some magic happen for uh, Darius Slayton owners. Now, real quick, before we move on to the Chicago Bears, I want to go back to a question I asked you about 10 minutes ago. So you know how I asked you to choose between Mike Williams or Tyler Boyd for the rest of the season? Are you going to add Darius Slayton to the mix? I'm going to add Darius Slayton into the mix. Give me Darius Slayton. I think I would too. And it's it's funny because I'm facing – I'm kind of facing a similar dilemma right now in my Dynasty League. I could activate Darius Slayton off my practice squad right before the playoff starts because he's got a juicy playoff schedule. And right now my only flex options are Curtis Samuel and uh, Mike Williams, and neither one of those guys are really cutting it for me right now. Yeah, plus Darius Slayton gets the targets as well, and that's what you want to see uh, you know, from a, a rookie quarterback. He's throwing the ball to somebody consistently, and he's making the catches. So I definitely would say Darius Slayton over Mike Williams or Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I think I would too. And then are you taking anyone this week for the Chicago Bears, like anyone at all? Absolutely not. I would start Tariq Cohen because I think he's going to be used. I would flex him. That's fair. And then if, if I honestly, I don't like saying this, but I would flex him over David Montgomery. Yes, agree. Moving on to a division game, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not starting a single player from the Pittsburgh Steelers aside from Jalen Samuel. Uh, even if yep. James Conner plays, he has been leaving every single damn game with injury. I'm not trusting it right now. I'm, I'm, if I'm in a PPR league, I'll start Jalen Samuel from this game. I'll start Joe Mixon from this game. And I don't want anything to do with the rest of it. I think this is going to be a very defensive game. Um, one, because Pittsburgh has a good defense. And two, because Pittsburgh has a terrible offense. So, like I said, those two running backs, Jalen Samuel and Joe Mixon, only two guys I'm playing from this whole game. Here's the real question. Will the Bengals win their first game this week? I don't think so. I think Pittsburgh's defense is very, very good. I think what happened on Thursday night was a complete fluke, not to mention it's really hard for them to have to go out there and play with a lot of confidence when Mason Rudolph is throwing four picks and looking absolutely terrible. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that Mason Rudolph is at least a little bit competent this week, and I, I think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be very – very good against this Bengals offense. I'd feel better if the Steelers started Duck Hodges, though. I, Dude, I'd feel better if they started you at quarterback. I mean, Mason, <laughs> Rudolph, is, Mason Rudolph is terrible. I man. will take he, that he paycheck. Really is. You know what, though? I'm going to switch it to hockey real quick. He could probably be best friends with Sidney Crosby because they're both from Pittsburgh now, and they both cry about everything. Oh, my God. Very gosh. true. Uh, but let's stick to an AFC North game here, Mikey, and it's also – our wonky point spread of the week. The Dolphins head to Cleveland to take on the dog pound. Wait, wait, Baker. wait, wait. This is this is the this is the point spread one, really? This is the point spread of the week. Your, wow. your okay. Cleveland Browns are minus eleven at home favorites mm. against the Miami Dolphins. I expected it to be a little bit worse than that when you were calling it wacky, but I guess it is the biggest spread of the week. Um, that's a close one to me. I do think Cleveland – you know what? I think Cleveland is going to win this game, but I don't think they're going to win by 11 points. I agree. You did get last week correct, too, as you picked uh, the Arizona Cardinals to cover. They only lost by 10. The point spread was plus 11 and a half. Oh yeah, you know how I do. So I agree with you. I think the Dolphins will uh, 
will cover. I don't think the Browns win by 11 points. They're just not that good. Um, but I think the Browns will win this game probably by like a touchdown. And uh, I just don't like anyone really because you can never. The only reason I don't like people in this game is because from the Browns side of things, you can't ever trust anybody. This is the first game in weeks that I'm going to say you can play Odell Beckham with confidence. I think he's going to have a good game. Uh, I genuinely think he's going to have a, a really good game. Uh, I like him a lot. I like Jarvis Landry as a flex. I like Kareem Hunt as, listen to this, a PPR running back two. Whoa. Because, dude, he is, he is getting targets on targets on targets, and I think he's going to have a big game against Miami. So all of those guys, oh, plus Nick Chubb. And if you want to stream Baker Mayfield this week, you could do that too. Um, I I honestly really like Cleveland in this game, especially because I think their offense is going to be playing with a little bit of confidence after, you know, finally writing the ship a little bit uh, back in week 11. So I, I like them. I like them on offense. And then from the Miami side, if you really, really need a receiver, Devonta Parker has actually been killing it lately. I did say preseason. He was going to be somewhat fantasy relevant. Sure, he didn't get traded to fulfill it completely, but he's been very good recently. Mikey, I'm going to blow some air into that take about Kareem Hunt even more for you. Oh, boy. Browns target leaders over the last two games. Odell Beckham, 22. Jarvis Landry, 17. Kareem Hunt, 17. Yeah, dude, Kareem Hunt has been nice, and he's been getting a lot of looks. And I, I, I genuinely think that he warrants an RB, uh, like a low-end RB2 start. I agree. But moving back to Devonta Parker, I mean, he has three, four, five, six, seven games in a row of double-digit points. Uh, He's coming off of 20 points against Buffalo. He had 12 points against Indianapolis the week before, 16 points against the Jets the week before that. I mean, he has been playing very well, and having Ryan Fitzpatrick back there has been working wonders. I mean, it's his favorite target. He was Devonta Parker was targeted ten times this week. He was targeted ten times last week and targeted six times the week before that. I think he's going to get his number called on a lot in Cleveland. And like I said, if you're desperate and you need a wide receiver three this week, you could fire up Parker. It's not only Ryan Fitzpatrick's favorite target; it's his only. It's target. his only target. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Uh, but I am definitely avoiding Keelan Balaj. Don't be tempted with Mark Walton not being there. Just. 1.9 yards per carry. Yeah, just cut that out right now. Uh, moving on, we have two NFC South uh, matchups. We'll start off with the one that I won't hate myself talking about, uh, Tampa Bay and the Atlanta Falcons. This is... This is a popcorn dare, game. I was going to say, dare I say it, this might be a Kyle Bennett popcorn game. My microwave is about to explode. With how uh, how many fantasy points we're going to see in this game, Chris Godwin, yeah, I... Mike Evans, Rojo, OJ Howard, Cameron Brait, whichever one decides to catch the ball. Then you flip it to the Falcons, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. You you can't beat it. This game is full of fantasy points to be had. You know what the crazy part is? We sh- I, I forgot to bring this up earlier. Austin Hooper is not ruled out for this game. Like, there's no shot that he's going to play. But yeah. they refuse to rule him out for this game. He is he's slated to miss like a month. But there's at the but, least. Uh, but Dan Quinn has come out and he's like, oh yeah, Hooper seems great. 
you know? Yeah, Dan Quinn was also calling the Falcons' defense to start the season. He gives it up against the Saints, and the Falcons have gone on a two-game winning streak. I wouldn't trust Dan Quinn to tell me that today, as we record this, it's Tuesday. No, no. I'm not trusting Austin Hooper to be back this Sunday, but it's definitely something to monitor. He might beat his one-month timetable, so that's definitely something to look for, especially because he is so dominant at the time. He'd be a member of the X-Men if he played this week. Oh, no doubt. But, yeah, so that is a full-on popcorn game. You're going to start just about everyone you got in that one. And the other NFC South game, I say it every week, I hate, hate, hate talking about the Carolina Panthers, mostly because I hate, hate, hate Kyle Allen being our quarterback. (laughs) I cannot stand it. You know, I – I, I, I sent in one of my fantasy group chats a couple weeks ago when Kyle Allen actually looked decent. I said, guys, I might be finally coming to terms with Kyle Allen being the quarterback of this franchise for the future. And then this past week, he completely unraveled. I sent in that same chat, guys, I hate this guy so much. Get him off of my team. <laughs> and somebody, somebody basically quote tweets me, with my own words from a couple of weeks ago saying I'm coming to terms with it, but I am going on the record of saying coming to terms with it does not mean liking it. <laughs> but I, but after this performance, uh, I, I don't think Kyle Allen is the answer there. I think we can dispel those Cam Newton getting traded this offseason rumors, at least for now, because if he's healthy this offseason, he's coming back to Carolina. He's taken over the reins and, uh, yeah, Kyle Allen's not the answer. Anyway, moving on. Not starting Kyle Allen in this one. Definitely starting DJ Moore in this one. Definitely starting Christian McCaffrey in this one. Uh, I don't like Curtis Samuel. And uh, Greg Olson's always fairly good against the Saints, and he's been uh, getting double-digit points rather consistently. So I think you can fire him up with the tight ends. Now here's a fun stat for you, Mikey. Target share leaders over the last six weeks in the NFL. Your boy DJ Moore clocks in at number four amongst wide receivers, only behind DeAndre Hopkins, John Brown, and Michael Thomas, who's also in this game. But DJ Moore, over the last six weeks, his target share has been 30%. That's absurd. Yeah, well, I mean, like I was saying, the past three weeks, he's accumulated 36 targets. I mean, he has been Mr. Consistent. Uh, Kyle Allen loves him. And I, I, I think that he is – he's awesome. He's going to be a wide receiver, too, to finish out the season. And he's got wide receiver one upside on a weekly basis. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And then from the Saints side, it's Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, and Jared Cook. I'm going to start Jared Cook in this game. Yeah, I'd probably start Jared Cook in this one, too. Carolina has been abysmal. How the turntable on Jared Cook on this podcast – how the turntable. Oh, my gosh. Seahawks coming to Philadelphia, though, Mikey, to take on my Eagles. You're literally playing every single member of the Seahawks because Russell Wilson, yeah. arguably the MVP. This is going to be the best wide receiver core this Eagles defense faces all season, in my opinion, between Tyler Lockett, who is going to be okay. He's not going to lose his leg. Uh, you got DK Metcalf, and you got Josh Gordon. Plus, you got Chris Carson who can catch the ball and run the ball. This offense is lethal. Plus, you have Russell Wilson, like I said. Eagles-wise, take a look at who's going to be playing at running back. Just monitor the injury situation all week long because Doug Peterson likes to drag it out until the very last second. 
and then just the two tight ends, in my opinion, because that's how the Eagles can potentially win this game is using Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. But if you have any Eagles wide receiver on your roster, you are out of your mind. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a really sad situation over there. But speaking of the receivers, I just want to go circle back to Tyler Lockett. Before the bye week, they did say he was expected to play. Uh, Pete Carroll would not comment on that today. He said that Tyler Lockett does need to practice if he's going to play. And even though it's only Tuesday, uh, he did not practice. So it's definitely something to monitor uh, heading into Sunday's games. But if Tyler Lockett does play, he is an obvious uh, wide receiver one in this one. Couldn't agree more. He's going to be an absolute problem for this Eagles secondary. Moving on to the Detroit Lions taking on the Washington Redskins. The battle of the backup quarterbacks. You have Mr. Driscoll taking on Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I'm. Are you tempted to start Driscoll if you need a quarterback streamer after the incredible top five performance that he just had? Yep, I like Jeff Driscoll. He's almost beaten the I... Bears and he's almost beaten the Cowboys. He just hasn't been able to get over the hump. I think he does it against Washington. I think he does too because Washington is an absolutely terrible team and he looked great. Uh, he likes Marvin Jones a lot, so you're firing up Marvin Jones. Uh, if you're a Kenny Galladay owner, you can't sit him, but you're kind of concerned because Driscoll didn't really look his way all too much. And then. Uh, what about Bo Scarborough? Say, well, we have Bo Scarborough. Gosh, that's fun to say. He got a touchdown this past week, didn't he? He did, and Ty Johnson, still injured. Is Bo Scarborough kind of a low-end running back too, flexish kind of guy if you're desperate for a running back? I'm going to say no, but if you're really, 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 really in a jam, I guess you could take him on for some touchdown upside against this weak defense. Because we got Cal, we got uh, Dalvin Cook on by, we got Melvin Gordon on by, we got the Chiefs conglomerate of running backs on by, as well as the not Cardinals mention, conglomerate of running backs. Austin Eckler, too. Austin Eckler on by. Very usable. Jordan Howard's injured. You know, there's a lot yeah, of uh, issues at running it's, back. It's something to think about, but if I had to choose a running back from this game, I would choose Darius Geis, and the reason why is because he had 13.5 fantasy points this past week, and the Detroit Lions, there's not a single team in the entire NFL that gives up more fantasy points to the running back position. Um, I, I, I honestly like Geis a lot in this one. I would consider him as the high-end flex, low-end RB2 over Bo Scarbo if I had to choose one. That's fair. That's so crazy the Lions are that bad against the run. Now, I, I got to bring this up. I say this every week, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive. If you go back to the Detroit Lions segment every single week for the start and sit, you can probably hear me say the same sentence. I think TJ Hawkinson is startable in this one. I agree. But if you look at his stats, the dude hasn't done a single thing since week one. So um, do yourself a favor and don't listen to me on this one. But I kind of like TJ Hawkinson in this one. Yeah, I mean, Washington is that bad. So we could see TJ Hawkinson go off. I know. And you know what? If he doesn't, I feel like I've said this sentence before too, but if he doesn't go off this week, He's not going to go off anymore. Agreed. So if he doesn't go off this week, you can drop him and let someone else pick up the headache. Uh, from the Washington Redskins side of the ball, 
I don't think I want to start a single person besides Darius Geis, like I had mentioned. Yeah, I feel so bad for Dwayne Haskins, man. I do too. I mean, he looked okay. Um, he had 18 and a half fantasy points. Not that anyone started him. Having to yell but, uh, at his offensive line, being like, what do I have to do for you? Like, that was just, I felt bad. And I never feel bad for Washington, but I feel bad for Dwayne Haskins because he's in a terrible situation. Hopefully he can find his way out of there. Did he really have to say that to them? Yeah, there was a, a video that surfaced of him on the sideline, kind of like just gathered with his offensive line, and they looked so disinterested in what he was saying. And he was like, what do I have to do to help you? Like, what what do I have to do? Like, he was begging for their, you know, input and help, and they just had nothing to say to him. I felt terrible. That's terrible. I didn't even know that. I, I quote tweeted the video and said that the whole offensive line should just be released on site for that because it's it's just a bad look. That's a terrible look, especially with your quarterback of the future. Yeah, but what do you expect from Washington? They're a terrible, scummy organization. Yes, they are. And we will move on to organizations that uh, fan bases, a little questionable. You know, uh, Oakland Raiders and the New York Jets. I have a lot of friends who are New York Jets fans. I love them. I've been to Jets games with them. Definitely some interesting fans. And then if you've are. ever seen a if you've ever seen a Raiders game on TV, you can tell that these guys are pretty interesting fans as well. Uh, but from from the Oakland side of the ball, I love Derek Carr in this one. I love Josh Jacobs in this one. I love Darren Waller. I love Tyrell Williams. I would even consider starting uh, – oh, no, I wouldn't start Zay Jones. But I would start Hunter Renfro. Yes, Hunter Renfro, a big-time start for me. I like everybody uh, from, from the Raiders. Yeah, I do too. And then from the Jets' side, I like Sam Darnold. Uh, I really, really like Jameson Crowder in this one. He's been incredibly consistent. Uh, Demarius Thomas, if you really need a desperation, low-end wide receiver three-play – uh, you can throw him in there. And then uh, Le'Veon Bell is the obvious guy. And then I have to ask you, um, Ryan Griffin, the, the yes. tight end who just put up 21 points, do you think he's you think he's poised for another pretty decent game? I think you can play him. Yeah, I think you can too. So, Mikey, um, and- with, with all of this analysis we just went through, are we declaring that the Oakland Raiders at the New York Jets at 1 p.m. on Sunday is, in fact, a popcorn game? I think it is, in fact, a popcorn game, especially from a fantasy perspective. There's going to be points, points, and more points. You love to see it. You do love to see it. Uh, Now, would you love to watch the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Tennessee Titans at 4 o'clock? Hey, I mean, Nick Foles is back, and he looked damn good throwing the ball to DJ Chark, which I absolutely love for my brand. Nick Foles looked great, man, and uh, if you held on to him while he was out, you're going to benefit in a big way. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I, I would definitely start Nick Foles. Uh, I mean, I'm not considering him a top 12 quarterback play by any stretch of the imagination. But with that being said, I mean, Kyler Murray's out. Pat Mahomes is out. Uh, Kirk Cousins is out, who's been playing phenomenal lately. Uh, if you have a guy on bye, you could do a lot worse than Nick Foles this week. Um, and then I, I love Leonard Fournette in this one. DJ Chark's a given. Um yeah, I mean, those are really the only three guys I'm considering from this game. D.D. Westbrook, I think he's dealing with some kind of minor injury. Even if he plays, I'm not crazy about him, though. Yeah, I'm concerned a little bit with Fournette because the, the Jaguars operated a lot out of shotgun with Nick Foles being back, 
and they did not use him a lot, and there was a lot of uh, frustration there. So we'll see how Fournette bounces back because, if I'm not mistaken, he only had eight rushing attempts in their last game against the Colts. So we'll see what Fournette does uh, now that Nick Foles is back in the offense. is kind of you know switched up a bit because Nick Foles primarily operates out of the shotgun, which is not conducive to how Leonard Fournette runs. Yeah, uh, from Tennessee. I mean, you got to start Derrick Henry. Yes. You can't really bench him. Uh, are you starting anyone else? Uh, you could probably play whichever tight end is healthy and playing, whether it's Delaney Walker or Johnny Smith. But uh, other than that, not really. I mean, if you have to stream Ryan Tannehill, you could probably get away with it. But other than that, no. Would you prefer to have Ryan Tannehill over Baker Mayfield this week? I know we talked about how he's got a blow-up spot potential in Miami, uh, but he hasn't been the most consistent where Ryan Tannehill has actually been pretty consistent. Who would you pick out of those two? That's a great question. Um, I lean Baker just because it's the Dolphins, but we've also seen the Dolphins come up big in their two wins, so it's a coin toss in my book. Yeah, I think so too. I think I would slightly lean Baker just because of the matchup, but Ryan Tannehill... Ryan Tannehill is a little farther ahead of Nick Foles in my conversation of streaming quarterbacks, I think. Yeah, I can see it, especially because you want to see more consistency from Nick Foles off the injury. You know, one game can't define how he's going to be the rest of the way. Exactly. So we'll see what happens there. But Ryan Tannehill, uh, if you need him, you can probably start him this week. Cowboys at the Patriots. I'm already saying it off rip. This is a popcorn game. It is definitely a popcorn game. It's going to be an awesome game to watch. Um, To be honest, this game and the Sunday night game are going to be really, really awesome to watch. So I'm glad that both of these games are going to be on TV for everyone to see. Uh, From the Dallas side, it's, it's tough because you never know what to do against this Patriots defense because this Patriots defense is just too damn good. But Ezekiel Elliott is a must start. This is going to be a big Zeke game in my book. I think it's going to be, it, and it, it has to be. If Dallas wants to win this game, Ezekiel Elliott is going to need to have his best statistical game of the season. Yep, and I have a, a sneaky dark horse for who else is a must-play in this game. Uh, it's going to be Randall Cobb. I like Randall Cobb a lot in this game because Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are, I don't want to say they're going to get bullied on the outside, but these corners in New England are pretty damn good. But you know who's not really going to see too much of that? It's going to be Randall Cobb coming out of the slot. Randall Cobb is going to essentially kind of be a quicker de facto tight end in this game. A lot of underneath and slant routes. Um, I think Randall Cobb is going to have a massive fantasy game this week. All right, now i got to ask you this then. Bringing it back to a receiver we had highlighted from that Giants-Bears game. If you had to choose Darius Slayton, or Randall Cobb to put in your lineup this week. Two guys that aren't the most consistent, but they're both coming off of big games and could be in line for another one. Who do you like more? I'll go Slayton with a minor edge, but I like both of them in this in, in their respective matchups. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, both against pretty good defenses, but in good, uh, good shape to go. But I think Randall Cobb, Definitely warrants uh, a higher-end wide receiver three, maybe even a low-end wide receiver two 
uh, kind of play this week. I think the Cowboys wide receiver production is going to be similar to what it was this past week as well, where we won't see a lot of numbers from Amari Cooper, but could see a blow-up spot again from Michael Gallup. That's a 50-50 call, but we'll see another good game from Randall Cobb. Well, you know what sucks is if you have Amari Cooper, it's not like you can bench him. And then with Michael Gallup coming off of a 150-yard performance, you're definitely not benching him. So I guess what we're trying to say is you have, if you have a Dallas Cowboy, you're starting your Dallas Cowboys. Unless you're me and I'm benching Michael Gallup. Oh. Because goodness. I have DJ Chark, I have Cortland Sutton, and I have Calvin Ridley. Oh, yeah. Well, those are much safer options anyway. Patriots-wise, though, Mikey, is it Julian Edelman, Tom Brady, and that about it? Are we flexing any of the running backs? Um, I like Mosa New in this one, I'm not going to lie. I know you brought up the running backs, but I think Mosa New is going to have himself a rebound game. Um, not necessarily saying he's going to get back to that 24 points he saw a few weeks ago, but I think he's going to put up double-digit points, so he's a guy to kind of look at. Uh, out of the running backs, if I have to choose one, I'm choosing James White just because I do think the Patriots are going to have to uh, do a lot of passing in this one. I think James White is going to be obviously a big beneficiary of that. Um, so if I had to choose, I would choose him as a flex option, but none of the other ones. Yeah, I agree. And uh, this game's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And then we get Sunday night football. It was flexed here. The Green Bay Packers head to not San Francisco, California to take on the San Francisco 49ers because the 49ers don't even play in their home city. This is a popcorn game again right off the bat. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big game. It's going to be a very fun game. Um, if you have Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, hell, even Jamal Williams from Green Bay, you're firing them up. Um, are you firing up any of the other receivers from Green Bay, or now that Devontae Adams is fully healthy now, are we kind of avoiding everyone else? If I am, I'm probably leaning coin toss between all three of them, to be honest. You know, it could be any of them, so it's it's not a safe bet. Yeah, I think you could do a lot better than taking a gamble on any of these guys, so... Unless his name's Devontae Adams, I'm avoiding all Green Bay receivers. It's play. very similar to the Saints, where they have Michael Thomas and then just a cluster. Packers have Devontae Adams and just a cluster. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. And then you have San Francisco 49ers. You like Jimmy G in this one? I do like Jimmy G in this one, because he's been consistent for me, and that's what you want to see. I will like George Kittle if he plays in this game. I will like... Uh, the running backs in this game, whether it's uh, you know Tevin Coleman or Brita if he plays, and then uh, I, I like Debo Samuel a lot if he's able to go. Yeah, I like Debo a lot in this one, and Debo's been great for the past few weeks now, and I think he's I think he's going to continue that. So I'm definitely firing him up if I have him in my lineups. How do we feel about Emmanuel Sanders if he's able to get up with that uh, rib injury? No. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for it because they're gonna. They're gonna. If they're gonna keep playing him and they're gonna let him practice, but he's not gonna get fully healthy. He's not gonna be as effective. And granted, in real life, it's great to have his presence out in the field because he is, at the very least, a fantastic decoy. I mean, he's a great receiver. But I'm not trusting him in my fantasy football lineup until I get the report saying Emmanuel Sanders is 100% healthy. That's a fair assessment, and I love this game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, I might have to call out of work on Monday 
just to uh, stay up and watch the whole thing because it's going to be a lot yeah. of football. It's definitely going to be good. And uh, you know what's going to be not so good is the Monday night football game. So we were tasked with the atrocity of watching the Los Angeles Rams playing primetime on Sunday night football. We have to watch them do it again on Monday night. Now, granted, we do get to watch the Baltimore Ravens go against them, so at least there will be some excitement on one side of the ball. Uh, but who do you like from this Monday night game? Play all your Ravens. Play all your Rams because you kind of have to, except for Jared Gurf because he stinks. This game, from a pure weapons side of things, is a popcorn game. Going to be interesting to see if Robert Woods plays. He was a uh, random scratch on Sunday night for personal reasons. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, other than that, it's it's a big Ravens lopsided win. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Ravens are going to run away with this one. I love Mark Andrews. I love Lamar. I love Marquise Brown. Um, I like Mark Ingram in this one. I'm not going to lie. There we go. Notice I said love about all the other guys and just like about Mark Ingram. I can't give him too much credit. Uh, I will say I'm not chasing points with Gus Edwards, though. No, and I can understand why you only like Mark Ingram in this one because he's going to be running straight at Aaron Donald. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to run anywhere near Aaron Donald. No, but a uh, fun defensive fact of the week. Aaron Donald has six sacks this season. You know who else has six sacks this season, Mikey? That would be that? that would be Mr. President... New York Jets safety, Jamal Adams. Wow. Yeah, he's a beast. Studs. But uh, Cooper Cup, I think you just have to play him based off of the sheer fact of where you drafted him. If Robert oh, Woods and plays. Cooper freaking Cup. Yes. I mean, these past two weeks have been flukes, in my opinion. And it's not his fault. It's Jared Goff's fault. But How do you feel if, about Todd if, Gurley? He, you're not sitting him. That's all I have to say about that. That's You're not saying them. I agree. But, uh, but yeah, so I think that about wraps it up for our starts and sits of the week. Um, like we said earlier, the Cardinals, Chiefs, Chargers, and Vikings are on buys this week, so plan accordingly. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we helped you guys out. Obviously, we're looking forward to helping you guys out again next week. But before we go... Kyle, why don't you let everyone know where they can leave those awesome five-star reviews for us. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI, at goal underscore line underscore FFB. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Mikey on Twitter at GFF underscore Mikey. And then like Mikey said, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews with your fantasy football questions, advice, anything you need to know. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia in your purple podcast app and leave a five-star rating and review. We have standards, and we know you do too. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app. You can follow and stream us on iHeartRadio. You can also subscribe to us and listen to us on Radio.com. Absolutely. So make sure you guys go out there and do it. Make sure you're following Kyle. Uh, underground sports philadelphia goal line myself and make sure you head over to trophysmack.com check out what our friends have to offer over there use the code goal line that's g-o-a-l-l-i-n-e at checkout and receive 
free shipping, a free engraving, and a free $59 value ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. It's just that simple. Free is for me. just that simple. Free is for me, and free is for you. So for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for Goal Line Fantasy Football, thanks for tuning in this week. Hope we helped you out, and uh, we look forward to doing it again next week. No more bye weeks, people. We'll catch you next week. Peace.